Jim. Jim. Call 911. Jim. Jim. How could you have done this? Jim! I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one, Jim. With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. Retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy On those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling While my hair is turning gray I'm thinking back on all the things That were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is to like this So for all those things nostalgic I also do is to like this Rob, it's 2024 now. This is accurate. Yeah, it wasn't before, <laughs> but now it is. That's how uh-huh. time works. And with 2024 comes what I think is unanimously agreed to be everybody's favorite themed month. It might be the mine s- now. <laughs> for the second year running, you've gotten some gold out of this thing. <laughs> it is Janu-Agony. Four weeks this time instead of five, where I don't know if it's a palate cleanse or just a fun way to kick off the year where we're always like, oh, we're, we always want the movies to be good. We want the nostalgia to hold up. Where January is just, let's just watch some shit. <laughs> let's just watch some objective shit, make fun uh-huh. of it, have a good time, not look for deeper meanings or any of that kind of stuff. Just, Let's watch a bad movie and talk about why it's bad. But it already doesn't work because we watched a great movie. With so many deeper meanings, maybe. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I I had Neil Breen almost made the cut last year. I am familiar with him. I've never seen any of his stuff, but I always see his name at least alongside, you know, Tommy Wiseau and mm-hmm. I guess mostly Tommy Wiseau. I don't know if there's any main names. There's a lot of notorious movies, but I feel like these two guys are at the forefront. And so I was like, okay, we got to do a Neil Breen. Googled what's the, what we went through, what Neil Breen movie do we do? And Fateful Findings was unanimously everywhere. It has to be this one. Like they're all good, Mm -hmm. but it has to be this one. And it was approximately four or five minutes into this movie where there is a phone call between Neil Breen's character. I don't know his name. I don't know anyone's name. It doesn't matter. He's pl- basically, he might as well be playing himself. Yeah. Is, Dylan. Ha- He's Dylan. Dil- yeah. Okay. Is having a conversation with his wife name. Do you have her name M- in front of you? Emily, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. That sounds that right. I think there's yeah. also a Leah. Leah might be his childhood friend. No, Leah's the kid of his friend. We're, we're jumping too far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're having a, a conversation on the phone. And it shows her. She picks up the phone. And we see her side of the conversation like, hello? 
Oh, yes. How's it going? Oh, good. And then we cut to him on the other side, just smiling. Mouth not moving, not responding. Just smiling, holding a phone to his ear. As she goes, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, okay. It's like, how? (laughs) And right then I was like, oh, we are in, like, my wife must have been having, well, I think she enjoyed enough of it, but man, did I, this movie took me an hour longer to get through because I had to keep stopping it, going to her and saying, oh, you gotta see this. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough that I was home alone while watching this, so I've had to do a lot of the, you have to see this clips today rather than yesterday when I actually watched it. <laughs> I was trying to just rope her and she, like, she was playing Tears of the Kingdom next to me on this and like you could see at points she had been on the pause screen for a while and yeah. you just look over and she had the most just confused, like, what is this? Yeah. There's a general, and like, oh, I guess we'll get into the plot. I have no fucking idea <laughs> what happens in this movie. <laughs> There's a magic rock that has healing powers, but also can turn you invisible and let you walk through walls. And sometimes shadowy figures walk down hallways. And, then and it also enhances your computer science abilities. <laughs> Because that's the only way to get the secret most government. What is the like? I've been the most hacking secret into the government most secret, and corporate secrets. secrets. He says secrets <laughs> twice. <laughs> the best way I can describe the whole movie is, you you know when someone's recording lines for an animated movie, hmm. and there'll be someone on the other side of the recording booth going, feeding them direct. Like now, try it like this. Now say this. This is that, but every single ver- variation of every line is delivered in each scene. Mm-hmm. Except that also with the way that the lines are delivered, it doesn't really feel like there could be a director there. Well, but then it turns out that the director is also the star. So And okay, so I don't know if you watched through the end credits. I yes, did. I did. Because I found it fascinating to see Neil Breen, like starring Neil Breen, directed, written, edited, and then it's just a bunch of companies. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, there's not any, I was saying to my wife, like, there's no credited names. It's just him and a bunch of companies. And then at the very end of the credits, it says, oh, and by the way, any company with an A or an N in its name, that was all, or a, an N or a B in its name. That was also just Neil Breen. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he did he everything. He his name all those times, so he just made up a bunch of companies. Yeah. So apparently so he, he catered it. He did the makeup. The, he did the music, I think. He did the music, <laughs> which doesn't hit after last season's level of bad, at least. So I'll give him yeah. some credit for that. And it all makes sense because this guy trained as an architect <laughs> before he was a filmmaker. <laughs> a notoriously... Like a skill that notoriously leads itself perfectly into filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, this okay. So to so so to go back to what I was saying about the line thing, like I, I don't know, Rob, ask me a question. Um, how's work going today? Okay, so this is how a character in the movie would answer that question. Oh, I'm so busy. Work is keeping me so busy. I'm really busy at work today. That's actually, this, everything. This feels like conversations I actually have at work with uh, with some people. So <laughs> <laughs> the scene that I highlight again that I highlighted, like captured it, sent it to people, is so that his whole thing is he's writing a book, but he's not actually. 
I mean, he's not technically doing anything because anytime it cuts to him doing work, it's a laptop with that's not turned on, and he's just like double handed, <laughs> one fingered, like lacking away on those keys on the old Sony Vio. I had so one of those. His wife comes in, sits on his lap, and I, I assume you know she's everyone in this movie wants to get with Neil Breen, so I assume that's what she was there to do. And he's just like, no, I can't. I'm so busy. You need to go away now. I'm so busy. I'm sorry. I'm just so busy. And that's the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, there, this... there was the, the there was one exchange actually that I did show to my wife yesterday. I made her come in for it because I was like, this is like when we have a conversation <laughs> when she's working and I'm trying to tell her something. And she's like, I think the line was, I have to get this work done. <laughs> But his wife's telling him, like, she hates her job. She hates the people she works with. That's why it's driven her to pills. And he turns to her and he's just like, I have to get this work done. <laughs> oh, man. This, oh, even probably more so than The Room, this entire movie seems built for him to just make out with really hesitant looking women. Yeah. Who are about half his age. Yeah. Including, I looked at his childhood friends on the opening scene of the movie. She, where, yeah, so she she is Leah. I just double checked the name. So Leah, right. yeah. the actor is something like twenty something years younger than him, but they're supposed to be childhood friends. Right, and they find a magic rock and say, <laughs> "Declare it's a magical day," and then they get home, and her parents are like, "We're leaving town forever," and that's that. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed the car they drove away in as well. It's like, this is, when is this set? this looks like now this is between and this is between the minutes no actual this is an existent time and space as we know it like okay that opening scene is pretty great and then we get all of the stuff where he on the phone which naturally results in he like kind of drops his phone like it doesn't he doesn't know how to move like a human being so he doesn't mm. drop it in a way that seems natural it just looks like he kind of tosses it to the ground uh, and then, then he gets hit by a car immediately, yeah, yeah. which was intentional, right? Like the people behind the car wanted to hit him with a car. I, they I were part of the so. shadow government, yeah, part of the shadow people, yeah, who can disappear. Yeah, because there's one. He's about to cross the road, and then all of a sudden, like five pairs of feet appear on the on the sidewalk next to him. But then those people are not there. No. Yeah. Well, they're kind of there in the in the close cutups. Like, is he okay? We need to call someone. Yeah, they're stood in a semicircle uh, when you see their feet, but when you see them individually, there's no way they're next to each other. Absolutely not. So he goes He goes to the hospital. Does he survive he's... because of the magic rock that he finds in the flashback? I, I believe yes, because okay. he also heals extraordinarily fast, and I think he, he attributes that to this magic healing stone right. that he found as a child in a field right. randomly. Well, not randomly. <laughs> he had the uh, the cupping the mushroom technique down. Oh, yes. For 10 seconds, he just has his hands around a mushroom. Never and then mind. then it transforms. There's science behind it. I forgot. <laughs> then he... So, okay. So he's in the hospital, full-ass head cast, gets up, walk, just walks home. Well, does he? I think so. Yeah. That's I mean, I already well. don't trust this hospital with its carpeted floors. So we we see later that he can teleport. So I don't know. Oh, that's true. Yes, he can. Yeah, the uh, hospital again. Comparing it to after last season, 
at least they sort of dress it like a hospital room. They didn't just put a bunch of white printer paper a bunch over you that, know that's cardboard true. tubes. There, there but, were pieces of equipment that looked like they might belong in a hospital. Yes. Again, carpeted floor kind of yes. gives away the rest. <laughs> and that when he does leave the room, they can't like they're not in a hospital, so they green screen a hospital hallway. Yeah. And I went back and actually looked at the at the room uh, today, and it has the same blinds that are in almost every scene. I think that's his house. Yeah. Like I think he films this oh, where he lives. A hundred percent, because that's also where he meets with his psychologist as they sit so <laughs> uncomfortably close to each other in each session, like basically touching knees for every session that he has. Mm-hmm. With his therapist, just like right squish. So, and I'm guessing it's because look, we can't do a long shot because then everyone's gonna go. It's the same room as the hospital. This movie's garbage. Yeah, I was into it until right now, but <laughs> the illusion is broken. So he uh... leaves the hospital with his head cast on and proceeds to engage in a sex scene <laughs> that I mean, scene shouldn't be in quotes. It is a scene. Sex should be in quotes because I, <laughs> yeah, that part made me laugh so goddamn hard. <laughs> so his wife follows a trail of blood mm-hmm. into their shower where she finds her thought to be in critical condition husband just taking a shower with his full head cast on which i assume you should not get wet but, but even before she gets there she's following this trail of blood and she's like why are you home already yeah. having not seen him she just knows you're not supposed to be here yet so she gets in the shower with him where thankfully we get to see neil breen's butt but the rest of the movie is just almost nudity it's like he asked every woman in the movie if they were willing to get naked and all of them rightfully said no yeah. But he got as close as he could with every single one of them. My only all caps note for this is side boob. It must have been in the contract. Everyone. Every, I think every woman in this movie shows side boob at least once. Mm-hmm. Or like almost top of butt. Yeah. So she gets in the shower with him. And they hold each other like how you would at a grade six dance, like just stiffly hands on hip, hands on shoulder. And then they just kind of pivot around in semicircles. Mm-hmm. She can't kiss him because, again, he's wearing a head cast that takes up 70 percent of the geography of his head. To be fair, when he was laying in the hospital bed, she kissed him on the head cast when there were visible parts of his face that she could have kissed instead. Yeah, but now it's all wet. So like. <laughs> There's going to be residue, probably. I'm not a doctor. But you know who is? His childhood friend. But we'll find figure that out later. Did you, How soon did you figure that out? I don't honestly remember. Oh, very, very soon for me. But there's there's a lingering shot of her arm when she's checking on him in the hospital with that bracelet made of mm. the gems that they took out of the box. So, yeah, he and his wife just kind of pivot in a semicircle a couple of times, which I think is what the movie thinks is sex. We, we get some more interpretations of what sex might be later in the movie. But yeah, that's for now, that's our first piece of evidence. And every time a woman kisses Neil Breen in this movie, it is the most, like... Like, yeah, little it's like, like on the... for- forcing the mouth closed. As yeah, much as like, like, mm. like, real tight, just like, like how <laughs> you might have to kiss your grandma when you're eight years old, and you're like... 
I imagine if you run your hand through his hair while kissing him, it probably would feel like kissing a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Even so, okay, how, how all of this is happening, and then who else do we have? We have our side characters, their friends. I don't remember their names. Jim and Jim. Oh, I should remember Jim. Amy, I think. So I they're see Amy. Yeah. They're in this movie. It doesn't really like matter. There's one huge plot moment that then doesn't matter in the slightest. They're friends. He's a drunk, or at least I think the actor is trying to portray him as a drunk. Yeah. And is just a, very horny, bad a really at it. horny drunk. <laughs> a really horny drunk, but his wife doesn't want to sleep with him. Yeah. And then they do, and then she kills him. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Well, well, no, I think. Do they ever actually? I don't think they ever have sex. Did during... they not? When she maybe, is lying in the bed with her that, prominent side with boob? her massive side boob. Yeah, maybe may, maybe that is the only time when they have. But then they have a falling out again over not doing it. Because um, I think that's when they throw drinks over each other, and then don't they have the argument about the, the car giving him more pleasure <laughs> than yeah. she ever has? And that's when she, she shoots... shows up with a gun and she's like, "I'm gonna put holes in that car." Yeah, and, and then immediately, immediately puts a instead in his shoots head. her husband in the face. <laughs> and then it's like, it's a suicide. Oh, there's a phenomenal struggle as the daughter tries to get close to him to see what's going on, even though she's just seen the mom shoot him. They're struggling at the door, but there's no actual struggle. They're both trying to simulate struggle, having never seen a struggle before. That's <sighs> most of what this movie is, is what if AI... In, like early ass AI intended to mimic human behavior. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's he's dead. He killed himself. It's like, but you're holding a gun. Mm-hmm. The bullets in his forehead. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone usually does it that way. No. She screamed, I'm going to put holes in that car at the top of her lungs <laughs> before firing the gun. But you're and right then- that this has no other influence on the plot. It never comes back. Kind of. No. Like, no. also, uh, their daughter wants to get with Neil Breen as well, which of is course. very disgusting. Yeah. I thought maybe it was supposed to be because he's like watching her swim in the pool because they've been she's just been coming over to their house to seductively swim in their pool. Mm. And I thought maybe that was just, you know, his fast times at Ridgemont High fantasy. But no, she's really doing it. That's happening. Yeah. Yeah, she she drops the towel fully at one point, trying to have a bath in his house, as you do after you've swum in the pool. <laughs> also, I don't know if you noticed this. When she was running the bath, she never put the plug in. I did so, not. <laughs> I was watching it, I was like, this is not going to work. What are we doing? Oh my god, that's key. <laughs> the are Arguably more key than turning the water on. <laughs> I mean, she was just too focused on Neil Green's intense sexuality, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah. That but also yeah, doesn't even, really even, matter. No, it doesn't. But even though this is all, like, side story, it does It does lead to my probably my favorite scene, or at least my favorite lines in the movie, which is when Dylan discovers Jim dead. <laughs> yeah, apparently this is a pretty famous thing. That makes sense. I, I might have to do an after last season and open the episode with that audio because it not only summarizes the acting perfectly but it also summarizes what i was saying earlier about the same line just gets delivered again and again and again 
Yeah. So and I actually he, have it open, and I and there's there's two parts. There's the part that he says while he's holding Jim's body, and then he comes back to it later when he's sat in his office just reminiscing on on the fact. So he says, "I can't believe," and it was pretty much in this tone. I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you have done this? How could you have committed suicide? I can't help you out of this one, Jim. With all we've been through, I can't pull you out of this one. That Goodbye, was honestly the, that was Goodbye. probably the part I liked the most. Was <laughs> the uh, can't help you out of this one, as though he like he owed someone some money. But then even better, he comes back later and he's like, "How could Jim have killed himself? I can't believe it." I can't believe it. It's just not like him. <laughs> so it's so out of character. He's never done this before. Just an insane way. And then, aside from this, the daughter later going, you know, he didn't kill himself, right? My mom killed him. <laughs> never comes up again. It you make it makes it seem like he's going to get to the bottom of this, but he can't. He's way too busy hacking into the most secret government and corporate secrets. Instead of writing that book you were supposed to be writing. Because no, there were more no, books. <laughs> that took 29 takes, according to IMDb. Uh, what I could the- not... I could, yeah. And he smashed the laptop screen during one of them. Uh, which maybe is then what caused them to replace... Like, There's no way any of those were functioning laptops. Those were- I think he broke all of them at least three times on screen. So. There's that one scene where like he and his wife he just starts like smashing all of his work stuff and she's well, yeah, this, giggling this is another, and watching this is this is another uh what it means to have sex they've heard about this like clearing everything off the desk and then having sexy times but he just does it one item at a time so one laptop gets smashed then another laptop gets smashed then some books go down and then he starts like showering them in the papers which probably gives her enough time to just start mentally calculating eleven hundred dollars six hundred dollars <laughs> Oh, this better be really, really good. <laughs> That's the part they never show you in movies, is after someone does the sweep everything off the desk thing when they're picking it all back up and realizing how much got broken and just how much money that cost them. Like, oh, damn, I I, this, I needed this. This external hard drive has important stuff on it. They also tear each other's clothes. Not ideal. They sh- yes, they sure do. But again, <laughs> in the least sexual way you could ever imagine. <laughs> It's. Uh, I feel like I need to also consult notes. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, I think we were we were getting back toward towards the plot, kind of. Um, it, the bit that I wasn't quite grasping was his relationship with the pills, because it's quite clear that his wife is taking pills because it's how she's surviving her shitty work situation and whatever else. But then there's a there's a hint that like he doesn't want to become dependent on pills because of this or something but how does that relate to the superpowers does it i don't think it does okay <laughs> i always i i thought the superpowers all come from the magical stone mm-hmm. and i thought that, that was they, my interpretation it, it was actually quite a nice twist that they did there because they didn't reveal the wife's pill addiction until later so we see her saving some of the pills before she gives him the pill bottle and it's like oh she knew that he wasn't going to take them so she's done well here and then she fishes some more pills out of the toilet water <laughs> But then we learn that that's just because she's a pill addict. This movie's all over the place. Yeah, we have to go back slightly because I did make one note when the uh, neighbors or friends or whoever they are loudly arguing about how she won't have sex with them enough. She's like, 
Shh. The daughter, I can't remember her name. Like, our daughter can't be here. Can't think, be hearing this. Allie, maybe. Is that Allie? Name? Yeah. Like, she, we can't let our daughter over here that I'm not having sex with you enough. So. <laughs> like, of all the arguments to overhear, this maybe isn't the worst thing. I guess maybe it's just she can't hear us fight, but I assume you guys do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then this this comes before a scene that we see later where she's talking way too loud. They're not in a fight, but she's yelling for no reason. Yeah, I actually did write, why is his wife yelling all of her words? Ah, <laughs> uh, We covered yeah. most of El's uh, looking in chronological. I wrote, nothing says sexy like destroying laptops. There's so mm-hmm. much almost nudity. The work sucks scene, which is, I think, kind of encompasses what we were talking about with the just the general way dialogue dialogue is delivered in this movie. Mm -hmm. Why is his wife killing uh, all of her words? (laughs) I mentioned that the Vios got got destroyed multiple times, the laptops. One of them was the prolonged coffee spill scene where he passes out at his desk. (laughs) This is on YouTube, and I suggest everybody look this up because this is a clip I also grabbed. Um, Yeah, he like, why is he passing out again? Is it because he needs one of the pills? Yeah, maybe. He's like, yeah, he's basically, he's drinking a cup of coffee and passes out at his desk. But his only focus while in the middle of a, of a health crisis is he's still really trying to get a sip of his coffee. Like, <laughs> head down on his desk, losing consciousness, just trying to drag his coffee cup towards his face. Goes on to like ninety seconds. It really does, and and eventually the coffee goes everywhere. But it takes forever. Takes forever to to even spill a drop. But I I think what was going on there that might have been before he made the decision to become a hacker. Like he's still trying to write the book at that stage, and maybe that's not what his superpower brain wants him to do anymore. (laughs) Just like a shutdown mechanism. No more books. Yeah. Yeah. He he likes to just yeah. So anyway, his childhood friend was also his doctor. And they yeah. immediately start sleeping together. Uh, where do they meet? Oh, God. Where do they meet? They have a family barbecue. <laughs> and I enjoyed the family barbecue a lot because they invite their two friends over that we've met before. There's these two other friends, one of which is the doctor. And then a lot of people sound like they're having a great time. But I think it was in a neighbor's backyard where oh, they were having maybe. an actual party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where they... That's where they meet. That's where Jim makes a pass at Dylan's wife as well. Uh, and she thinks that she's driven him to suicide because she rejects him at oh, the same time. I forgot party. about that part too. Yeah. Every relationship in this movie is disgusting and terrible. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, immediately. Does his wife die? Uh, yeah, she, 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 I think she, she dies, overdoses. Right? Yeah. She overdoses and he's not there because he's sleeping with his childhood friend. Who he immediately moves into his house once his wife's gone. And again, doesn't matter. Like I don't remember a funeral. I don't remember any awe. There's, there's, there's the amazing scene where he's holding her, having found her dead, and he's screaming, "No, no!" But the sound isn't there. They've cut the sound out. Right. Okay, so there's a little bit of sadness. Yeah, yeah, but then immediately he moves on and. Uh, and he's looking jacked in the next scene because he's wearing like a wife beater and he's eating raw spinach. Well, that's because he's got to get into action mode soon. Yeah. Where he has to start teleporting through walls to save 
his friend from the Shadow Men who don't want him to expose the secret most government and corporate secrets? Yeah. Yeah, that checks out. I guess. Like, look, what it comes down to really is the movie doesn't have a story. Things happen. Yeah. We never are sure why. What? How? All of the key things for making a coherent movie. Like, there's the magic stone, but it's never really... Like, that part's never really clear. But also, it apparently makes him, like, a super genius hacker. And he has, like, all of the most corporate secrets. And then he can teleport through walls. But also, there are shadow men after him, but they don't pose much of a threat. No. The the magic stone also, I think... The inside of that is the bin bag room that we see him in about five times naked. Oh, is it? I th- well, I, I, that's what I assumed because he at one point he's like, I feel like there's something inside me, but it's immediately after he's been inside that room. So I figured it was a bit of a, like a Hellraiser thing. Oh, maybe. I honestly, I yeah, I kind of forgot about those where we get to see more more side top of, top of butt. Unclear who the woman is in the room with him. I've been trying also to figure this true. out since. Just another y- woman way younger than him who was willing to show side boob. I can't yeah. find a budget for this movie anywhere, and I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I really tried, and I can't find one. Yeah, that is sad. It's definitely it's a- like had more legitimate expenditure than after last season. Because the money that movie claimed to have spent was ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Like that <laughs> one was clearly one room in a bigger warehouse that they sort of like this kind of has locations. Yeah. They kind shoot of. outside in a yeah. field. Yeah. There's that room you were just talking about. Sometimes <laughs> they go to someone else's house. There's things. Yeah. Plagued by disturbing dreams of a mystical book. I'm just looking at the plot beats now on Wikipedia to oh, see. Oh, wait, did we mention the book? I don't know if no, we No, not yet. <laughs> the book's the first thing you see in the movie, I think. Apart it from is. the tower. Yeah. That's why he starts seeing the psychologist. So let me explain the book to everybody. Uh, there's a gold book. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the explanation. Yep. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Maybe it's connected to the stone. This says the psychic powers are granted to him by the stone. Okay. He then travels to the desert to find the book he sees in his dream. That does happen, yeah. Um, almost, yeah, God, I'm glad this... Rob, what's the deal with the psychologist? Uh, which one? The real one or the ghost one? The, well, yeah, the ghost one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them's a ghost. Yeah, because of fucking course. The ghost, and the, way sits, I, the ghost sits six inches from his face. The real one sits an entire conference room away from him. Going to visit a psychologist one last time, Dylan learns that she is, in fact, a ghost. <laughs> Perfect way for Wikipedia to deliver that information because it's about the way the movie delivers all information all of the time. Uh. Yeah, so I guess we've gone through the whole struggle arc and he's about to get his redemption at the end of the movie having asked the book whether he should be scared or we should be scared. The ending of this movie (laughs) is 
probably i assume all, all the whole movies on youtube actually so you can go watch the whole thing right now so where is he hosting this press conference i mean in front of a green screen but so the 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 image is the national archives in washington yes. dc which i feel like is difficult to arrange but i guess the book is out yeah or is about to come out he's written a book about all of the secrets yeah and he has supporting uncovered. documents on a usb stick yeah uh, none of this has really been important until right now. So he all of a sudden at the end of the movie is just on TV. We don't really hear what any of the secrets are. No, we know that they must be bad because then we just watch scene after scene of Congress men and women and people in high levels of government going on TV and shooting themselves in the head. <laughs> it's like, why even host the press conference? <laughs> I guess, like, you know, my constituents deserve better, which is why I've decided here today that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't all shoot themselves on camera. Some of them do it in a more dignified way at home. Yeah, <laughs> one, that's true. One has a noose. One slits his wrist in the bath. Or my personal favorite, the guy who is sitting in his car. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's using the exhaust trick, but his door is open. So mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's not going to work. Then we watch him take two pills. Two pills. Yeah. And then just. This is me. You can't see it, but I'm slowly moving my head forward again. Yeah, just nodding off. And then, yeah, he didn't want to bang his head against the wheel, so he very <laughs> gently placed so his gingerly. head against the wheel. <laughs> I also All enjoyed that, that every line that the uh, the main character is saying about what he's revealed, it then cuts to just the cameras that are filming him and the microphones that are recording him. And... <laughs> but it's so weird because they also cut the applause in with the like you know i'm here today to announce that <laughs> and then don't forget that in the middle of all of these suicides there's also the the guy who's kidnapped his childhood friend earlier comes to assassinate him but then somehow oh, ends right. up being shot himself well because neil or dylan uses his psychic stone powers to deflect oh, the bullet okay. I, yeah <laughs> I, I was wondering what had happened there <laughs> Also, what's the sniper hoping to accomplish at this point? The book <laughs> is done. Yeah, it's there's like no, just there's revenge. nothing left to do. You failed at this. I like how his reaction to this as well, after he's dealt with the assassin, is just to sort of glance at him and smile a little bit and then carry on. <laughs> Again, no one questions like, oh shit, what was that? No. <sighs> yeah, almost forgot about... Well, according to the Wikipedia, he's camouflaged. I thought the sniper was invisible. Yeah. Uh... How did he get all of the politicians to the same press conference where he was dropping this news? See, I didn't think that they were all at the same press conference. I thought they were all holding different press conferences like that, the, that we were jumping around in time. So but we they all seeing... did it in the same building on different days. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or like maybe they organized it separately. Like he had his press conference and then they sat down and went, well, I guess we should book some time and. I'm just gonna shoot myself, I guess, on the during yeah. the press conference. What yeah, about one you of the guys, guys who shoots himself is the president of the bank? <laughs> oh yes, that's right. <laughs> of which bank? Just the bank. The bank. Yeah. All of the banks. As president of the bank. <sighs> oh man. This was a delight. Yeah. I also, I, I thought, my only note that I've got left that I didn't mention is, I thought that there was a continuity error. Because 
I was pretty sure that he told his wife while they were talking about her pill problem that he was doing this government hacking. He did. And then about five minutes later, he's like, I've got a big secret to tell you, but you can't tell anyone. And he tells her that he's doing this hacking. And well, like, I don't know that that's necessarily a continuity error. It's just consistent incompetence. But I guess, yeah, we also don't know where we are in time in this movie at any point, I don't think. So. Between, I told you, between the seconds. <laughs> Here's a question that was posed online. Mm. And I haven't seen his other works yet, and I feel like I'm definitely going to. Yeah, is Neil Breen a franchise? <laughs> Can we move across? <laughs> I, oh, I think we may have to. <laughs> Was, is Neil Breen in on the joke? I can't say for sure. Maybe later on he becomes in on the joke because I know that's definitely been a thing. Like Tommy Wiseau, apparently, I haven't seen like later stuff, but he has a couple of other projects that apparently may do that. There's that Birdemic movie. Where I, I haven't seen those, but my understanding is there's three of them. Is the first was more sincere, and then it's like, oh, I was in on the joke the whole time. Now right, it's a comedy. Right, right. Uh, do you get the sense, at least from this one movie, that this was meant to be funny? No, no, I get the sense that this is a guy that kind of knows visually what a good movie should look like, but doesn't really understand what makes for good dialogue or makes sense in a plot um but has enough about him to put together a movie and just yeah i think i think there's some like social awkwardness uh if not like complete lack of understanding maybe maybe yeah i don't know i agree i think it feels sincere i think this yeah. is a movie where he was like you know the government's so corrupt and i wanted to make a movie about that where the mm-hmm. you know the the big the little guy fights against like i could see that being the goal but any one person new to filmmaking would probably struggle in one individual role, let alone all of the roles all of the time. Yeah. I, I think imagine... given time, cinematography might be his thing. Like the actual creation of scenes, I don't think he's terrible at. This is definitely much more of a movie than yeah. something like after last season. Yeah. After last season, I 100% would buy that. It was tossed together in two days as some sort of money laundering something. Like we yeah. need to, uh, we need to get this five million. We need to show a product. Yeah. Whereas this, like, no, it doesn't make any sense. And every like the performances and writing and all of it is bad. But it has more of a well. It is a movie mm-hmm. more than something like after last season. Yeah. There's no real through line or anything like that, but. I would yes I would agree that in terms of like staging and shots like yeah okay I never noticed anything like that like oh this is the editing here is atrocious so hey. <laughs> the sound the sound editing was pretty bad That's okay yeah the sound story. editing was pretty bad but like and actually I walked back what I said about the staging because of the <laughs> scenes with the psychologists where they're basically sitting in each other's laps right so maybe not, but I, I maintain that was to hide budget restrictions. Yeah. I don't think I have any other, any other notes. It's just too, it's. Yeah. Just, it's one of those movies where we could get into like why each individual scene is hilariously bad. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which we don't need to do. Um, But I, it's what an hour 40. Yeah. I was never bored. 
I started to lose it in the middle somewhere. It felt See, like the it middle was the suicide stuff. Like that's around the fifty minute mark. So I think it was after that. It felt like it was turning into a different movie. Basically, when he starts like reconnecting with his childhood friend for that's a while, fair. there I was like, mm, where is this? That going? is kind of the like when after last season started to get into the simulation stuff, where I was like, it's funny because it's terrible, but by minute seven, it's just the same terrible. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, after last season did start to lose me in those stretches, whereas I feel like this movie pretty consistently i was like this is funny this is funny yeah. and like this it's just yeah it was good enough during that time and then the ending they landed the the ending so the yeah. ending like it is bookended and middled by three incredible scenes yeah yeah it's it's on youtube i'll probably even just link it in the show notes <laughs> probably watch this movie like i think if, so yeah if you have any appreciation for so bad it's good this feels like something that in a few years i would go back to yeah i think so i think i'd watch this again it's fascinating like this on every in every level and it's that perfect kind of so bad it's good where i don't think it was meant to be (laughs) because someone for this was like oh you should do sharknado it's like now Sharknado mm. is too in on it. Like Sharknado yeah. set out to be dumb. That's not what we want here. We want movies with vanilla ice in them because that's what made sense for a few brief months <laughs> in 1991. That's the kind of stuff I want to do here. I guess something you're currently enjoying. Uh, yeah. So I, I finally finished Tears of the Kingdom. So that's nice. So I don't have to say that anymore. Uh, so that means I can play all of these new games that are waiting for me. So naturally, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I'm enjoying the gameplay a lot. Um, the story lacks significantly. Every cutscene is like, so there's this guy. You, you got to go kill him now. And then you go kill him. <laughs> and then yeah. you come back and it's the same thing again. I briefly, so Vice City was on like the PlayStation Plus program, and I discovered that like two days before it was going away. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to play a bit of it to see if one day I want to buy this. And yeah, that was my takeaway as well, is it's still pretty fun to play. But that, yes, the story is just like, hey, man, this guy's moving in on my territory. Go take care of it. Oh, thanks, man. This guy's starting to move in on my territory, too, a little bit, though. Yeah. But So we'll see. We'll see if I finish it. But I got and the, the soundtrack was a little. I, I think there was some because the whole thing with that game was all like, oh, it's full of '80s songs. But yeah, I remember checking, and the remastered version had to remove a bunch. So oh, it's all right. Yeah, I don't remember which ones, but I definitely remember being a little disappointed in that because mm. that's one of my favorite parts of the Grand Theft Auto games is Makes sense, setting yeah. insane action sequences to the most like. Like in Grand Theft Auto Five, I would always find the station that would play Pure Shores by All Saints because if I was going to drive around in a car chase, it needed to be by two <laughs> Pure Shores by All Saints. <laughs> what are the other ones? Final Fantasy Sixteen and yeah, I've bought Final Fantasy Sixteen now, so that's ready for me. I bought the Star Wars games. The Viva, oh right, um, I have the Last of Us Two that I still haven't started. And honestly, then... I probably would have picked Vice City as well, and I can't even explain <laughs> why. <laughs> It just felt like the easiest to like get into without having to commit too much. I've also barely played the AEW game, so I, I gave that another run. Um, oh, I don't know if I ever told you I sold my copy. 
I played okay. for one hour and then was like, are you ever going to put it in again aside from obligation because you haven't really played it much? And the answer was no. So, yeah, yeah that makes but... sense. How about you? What are you currently enjoying? Uh, we're back on Tears of the Kingdom, which is nice. We got heavily back into it over the break, which is good because that's what we said we were going to do. Like, oh, you know, we'll use some of our time off over the holidays to try and get back into it. And we did. So that's still going strong. Um, I played a lot of like, I think I already mentioned it on one episode that I spent a lot of the break playing like Hercule Poirot games and Sherlock Holmes games. Right, you I did mention wanted. that, yeah. And I bought, they released a, a Tintin game. I was oh. Like, oh man, I used to watch Tintin all the time. And I, it was on sale. So I was like, there's a Tintin game? Like in about 30 seconds, I learned it existed, it was on sale, and that it sucks. <laughs> Oh, well, like it sucks in that it's super broken, but I was looking at gameplay of it and I was like, this is exactly what I'm in the mood for right now. Like adventure puzzle game. Yeah. So I went ahead and got it. And aside from one freeze, I haven't encountered anything that's prevented me from progressing. Okay. The collectibles are completely broken. Like I've got a few quit out and then it was like, oh, you haven't found any collectibles yet. And then there's one level where I found a bunch, but the screen is like, oh, there are no collectibles in this level. So, no, you haven't found anything. It's like, okay, <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about that stuff because that shit's broken. Yeah. But my kids are really enjoying it because, like, it's a bright cartoon and it's Tintin. Yeah. So they're, like, enjoying that it's silly and they like the dog. But my oldest is always, like, excited that there's going to be a glitch. Like, there was one part where I'm holding <laughs> a torch, but then after a cutscene, it was floating away from his body, but he still had his hand gripped. And she thought it was the funniest thing she has ever seen. And now every time I play, she's like, oh, I hope the torch breaks. It's like, I don't think I need like I'm on a cruise ship. I don't think there's going to be torches. But there was one where like a character just appeared out of nowhere, like in a scene. There's not supposed to be any other characters. Just a guy blipped in and was standing there. And at one point, their mouths weren't moving when they were talking. So she they just like watching it because they're like, oh, it's going to be funny because it's going to break. So nice. I'm enjoying that because like the game itself, like the puzzles and stuff is fun and huh. it's breaking in a way that is entertaining. It's yeah. like, you know, like this movie. Yeah. Is it an original Just story? Or was the deal? I think so. Okay. It's like the cigars of the Pharaoh or something. I haven't looked oh, up. No, it. That's, if it's a... I read that one. Oh, okay. Then, sure. no. then it's an unless, unless it unless it sounds perfectly like, you know, AI feeds you a Tintin title from all of the Tintin file titles. Maybe. I mean, there are pharaohs and cigars, so Yeah. I mean they reference like, oh, do you remember the time we did this, Snowy? But it's been a yeah, long I read, time. I read this one. This was published in nineteen thirty four. Okay. So yeah, there you go. It's based on that. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't seen that cartoon in forever, but I'm definitely used to watch it. And then like the themes when you have it icon on the home screen like when you're hovering over it it plays the theme song from the tv show so i was like oh yeah you know what this was worth 35 bucks like whatever is it tv show graphics rather than that movie it's kind of in between but closer probably to the cartoon like they look more like kind of video games models right but yeah it's 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 been entertaining so maybe that but not i wouldn't necessarily say people should get it it's just (laughs) it's been a fun experience with my children to be like yeah sometimes video games are super broken (laughs) so i'll say that oh and last night we watched the movie may december which i really liked well i don't know what that is uh it's the 
it's Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, and it's based on the oh, what's her name? Mary Kay Letourneau, I think is her name. Hmm. And it's like a woman who, when I think she was thirty six, started dating a kid who was thirteen, and like he got her pregnant. She had the baby. It was like a huge controversial thing. She did a bit of time in jail, but then their relationship sustained, and they're oh, still geez. together. Right. So. And then Natalie Portman is an actress who is going to play her in a movie. So she's coming to like, I want to get a better sense of the character. And then it's just, I won't say anything beyond that. No. That's, you know, you learn all that in the first couple minutes mm-hmm. and it's like campy and like often very funny, but like just the whole thing has a very like feel to uh, it and everyone sucks and the performances are super good. Okay. Also, it's, it's on Netflix. It- I feel like the talk is definitely like everyone's going to be up for acting, like Julianne Moore, probably, and Natalie Portman. I can't, I feel bad. I can't think of his name who plays the grown up kid. He's Reggie on Riverdale. Charles Melton, something like that. He's super good in it. So I feel like he should probably be up too. But yeah, it's just a bunch of actors doing some real good acting, if that's what you're <laughs> in the mood for. Okay, nice. I don't actually know what movie's next. We have a couple kicking around. I think we're finally going to do one of those late era Seagull movies where he just sits in a chair the whole time so he doesn't have to get up and do anything. Oh my God. He just comes in and goes, what if instead I just sat over there and <laughs> talked to this guy? Maybe we can go through the scene that way. So I'm pretty excited to finally do one of those. We might mm-hmm. finally get around to Cool Cat Saves the Kids. Oh God. Which I'm feel, pretty excited about. I feel terrible for whoever gets that one. It looks so bad. That would be Kim. <laughs> I gave her a choice. I was like, would you rather have a, a movie where Seagal sits in a chair so he doesn't have to fight? Or one where a guy in a cat costume runs around uh, yelling about bullies? And she was like, oh, cat costume. <laughs> uh, and then there's a couple of potentials for the fourth. It's tricky because anytime I look up lists, it's like, oh, the room. Mm-hmm. The, that Birdemic movie and Troll 2 is like, yeah, I don't. I don't want to do those. No. I've seen those. Like, yeah, Fateful Findings has a rep too, but I hadn't seen it. So, yeah, uh, so yeah we'll see what's up uh, next. And I feel like this is the easiest assignment I've ever given out. But Rob's going to take us out with a classic quote from Neil Breen's Fateful Findings. Well, speaking of choices, you get a choice. Do you want the uh, Do you want the the sci-fi quote, or do you want the the theme the thematic quote? Oh, the thematic quote. Okay. You now have all the truths, the real truth. Act now on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. Act now. It's our only hope for the future. Good night, everybody. (laughs) So for all those things nostalgic, I have to do and sit like this today as president of the bank.